You're listening to Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the people appearing on the show and not of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association or the sponsor. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, everyone, to another fabulous episode of the P-Dub, Pulling Weeds. We've got a co-host with us this time. None other than the professor, and we're not talking about Gilligan's Island. Jimmy, say hello. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm on Gilligan's Island, Tim. My bad. <laughs> that would be my fault. Which which character am I then? If you're the professor, and if you call me Ginger, we're going to start this whole thing over again. No, you're definitely Gilligan. Okay, perfect. I'll, I can go with that. But yeah, glad to be here, and um, we got a great guest. Intro him. Tell us who we got. Dave Dittmer, GCSAA. Southeast field representative. Did I get that right? Yes, sir, you did. Thank you. I think you forgot the CGCS, right? I, I did. Correct. CGCS, Certified Golf Course Superintendent. And how do, do we say it right? Detmer? Detmer. Det- two, two T's. D-E-T-T-M-E-R. Not related to Ty or the other football players from BYU. He's getting the tough questions out of the way early. He is. He is. He knew I was a Ty Detmer aged guy that was going to come up. That's awesome. All right, Dave. So, um. You covered the Southeast region for GCSAA, is that correct? That is correct. Okay, for all of our listeners, why don't you tell them what that GCSAA stands for? GCSAA is the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, headquartered out of Lawrence, Kansas. Um, been there, the new building opened in 1991, and believe it or not, I was in Lawrence, Kansas at the time and, and got the opportunity in 1992 after its initial year to uh, – have a tour of it. Nice. I didn't know that. At least I, I think I did, but I didn't know it was that close to the opening. Yeah, it was. So when I remembered it going back after I uh, went out for my onboarding and interviewing, I remembered it as just basically a field all the way around it. Now it's houses everywhere and is like any other city in the United States. Is Lawrence, Kansas is growing by leaps and bounds to the west, east, south. So First time I went out there, I think 15 years ago, I remember that. It was kind of like... You stayed in Lawrence, and then you drove, it seemed like six or eight miles out of town, and there was this huge industrial complex that it was a part of. I think there was just a gas station at that intersection, but like right. you say, I mean, it's crazy the way it's developed lately. It's crazy, because they even they still brag about the drag strip, which is just to the north of the headquarters, and it's still there from that drag strip's been there since the 60s, et cetera. And so is that what you do when you go to Kansas, is you go to drag races? Uh, well, not not. Exactly. Yeah. I usually wear a hat or a coat so the damn wind doesn't blow me away. So um, how long have you been in this role, Dave? So I actually started in the new position with GCSA in June 19th of 2023. So, Are you happy I, with the job so far, Dave? I am very happy with it. I, I think it's a great opportunity for me to work with some great people such as you, Tim, executive directors, some, it's only going to get worse for him. You keep that up. Yeah, I agree. You know, <laughs> he's in the honeymoon phase still, Tim. I, I, we're going to be nice. We're going to be nice today. <laughs> well, that's all right. I got thick skin. I was a golf course superintendent. Or still am. This is a certified. Um, well, what 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 states do you cover? So I have seven states, five chapters. Okay. So the the chapters are the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendent Association, Alabama GCSA, Tennessee GCSA. Alabama, did I mention Alabama? Yes, you sir. did. Uh, Louisiana, Mississippi. Okay. Georgia. Georgia. Gotcha. And so those are your five chapters. Correct. Nothing in Kentucky. No. 
No, sir. That's crazy. So who does Kentucky? So Kentucky is done by Shane Conroy. Oh, that's right. Okay. Out of the Great Lakes. So that's... I'm one of nine field staff throughout the country. Wow. And some of those field staff only have one state. Is that correct? That is correct. Like Ralph Dane, he is the one and only for the state of Florida. But that's 13 chapters, correct? I believe so. That's Quite a lot a of travel down. for him. Yeah, it is. He's up and down both sides of the Gulf and Atlantic. So where do you live um, for your region? So I currently live in North Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been there for 26 years. Did recently relocate within Charlotte uh, three years ago. Went Moved out towards uh, Lake Wiley. Did you downsize after removing some children from the living episode that you were going through? Well, you know, unfortunately, I can't say I downsized. We, I think we increased the square footage <laughs> of our house. So we only live on the top level. The, the exciting thing is it's got a full basement under it. Yeah. And then when I grew up out in the Midwest, I always lived in the basement because it was yeah. cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter. And that's my hangout right now, my man cave. That's awesome. Is that where we left the check behind the door down there? Yes, we did. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So um, when you travel to these other states, how are you getting there? Um, a lot of times I'm driving. Sometimes airfares, taking an airplane. So, for example, after today's meeting, I'm going to the Tennessee Turfgrass Conference in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And logistically, since I got to be there at 7 in the morning, I didn't feel like driving all night. So I'm heading to the Charleston Airport via Charlotte to Nashville. Wow. And that's this is just welcome to 2024 with your travel schedule, huh? It, exactly. So I try to base it, you know, usually try six hours if I can drive it in six. And then okay. just if I have a, other uh, schedule appointments, then I'd prefer to drive. So, but with the geographic going down to New Orleans or anything like that, that's a long ways. And Atlanta's always on the bullseye, too. What time of the day do I have to go through Atlanta? So why don't you explain to everybody then what the role of field staff is for GCSAA? So the field staff role, my position is to be basically the liaison between all the chapters and the national, which is GCSAA, and work with the chapter exec, the members of each chapter within each state, make sure they're uh, receiving the tools and resources they need, They need helping with the education, um, insurance, et cetera, that is offered through GCSA, one of the benefits of being a membership. So just actively getting membership, increasing membership for the chapters, helping with the executive directors, and along with that, then having them uh, join GCSA and just camaraderie, uh, making sure that they are using all the benefits, not only at the state level through their chapters and also at the national level. And, and enlightening our members on what some of those benefits are that they may not hear or they uh, may not be aware of. Uh, one of them is probably the, uh, that could affect us here in the Carolinas is the disaster relief fund. Okay. How does that work? So how that works, actually, it, it, is, it is a supplement to your insurance. It does not replace your personal insurance. It is only for the member. It is not for their facility or any uh, coverage over which could occur environmentally at the golf course. It's for their house. If, oh, okay. So if they need, like, say they are, their house is impacted to where they have to move to a temporary to a hotel, uh, that'll help subsidize the cost. If they need to get a generator, they're still in their house, but they're without power. 
you know, help supplement the cost for a generator, the fuel, uh, replace some food that went bad, spoilage. So anytime in case of, like you say, just disaster. Disaster. For us, hurricanes for the most part. Correct. It could be hurricane, fire, uh, tornadoes. We're going up on snow, wind, ice damage, I'm sure, season as well. Exactly. So That's great. What are some of the other programs that you're most proud of working for the GCSA? When I took this role and I thought it was an opportunity, I'm very passionate about the First Green program that is offered through GCSA with our to our membership, where it is applying a STEM education from the high school, middle school curriculum, and using your golf course as a learning lab uh, for these opportunities for the students to, first of all, a lot of them may not even know what golf is or even been on a golf course, but that opportunity to in- introduce them to our great game of the game of golf. And then also the tie-in to what they're learning in the uh, classroom to the the curriculum and what a golf course superintendent does on a daily basis. Because all the superintendents use STEM every day, science, technology, engineering, and math. So Now, is this something where you help that superintendent get prepared, or is this something where they have to take on an additional burden at their facility and do a bunch of planning and things that stress them out on top of what they're already doing? Uh, no, actually – uh, they can always go to the First Green www.firstgreen.org website, and basically all the lesson plans and everything, the guides, how to uh, start by uh, hosting an event, to registering the event, reaching out, connecting with a school, is all listed there. And of course, I'm always there to help and assist and do whatever I can for them to, you know, the probably the hardest thing is getting in touch with a school, a class to uh, get that set up and aligned to come out to their golf course. So are you guys, in terms of field staff, hired for your agronomic expertise, and are you expected to solve members' agronomic problems on the golf course? No, sir. Not at all. No agronomics uh, involved whatsoever. I look at it more of the business side of it for their education, resources, to help them in their career path on the business side more so than the, the agronomic side we'll leave that to the usga okay here's the tough question that i would have for you what are your expectations of working with the carolinas chapter in particular well one thing the carolinas is is uh, the number one chapter in the country so they're a well-oiled machine what i like to look at uh, with the carolinas is an opportunity to uh, enhance their knowledge of what is available to them not only through the, the chapter, but also through GCSA, you know, with these resources, the benefits, uh, uh, the webinars, you know, for their continuing education points to get that. And most of all, you know, with, with uh, environmental concerns, you know, get government advocacy, the Carolinas does a great job, both in North and South Carolina, national golf or state golf days, et cetera, like that. But it's so important to help bring to the attention that it, it, anything that could impact nationally that could be coming towards the Carolinas, you know, to assist with that, to keep, for example, you involved, make sure you are aware so that way you can get the, the word out to the membership of the Carolinas. So how's the best way we're going to accomplish that in your opinion? Uh, communication. It's the exact same word I was going to say. And I, I'll jump in real quick and tell you that I'm, it, it's been an honor so far to serve with Dave um, to this point, even in the first, I guess, you know, four to six months here. But 
he's taken the time to come to the office. He's met with the entire team. We've kind of discussed the things that are his priorities and how we can use the tools at the Carolinas disposal um, resources to help promote that message. And I think that one of the things we're going to see is you working with um, our magazine editor, if I'm not mistaken, to get some articles in the Carolinas Green and some things like that as we move up. Dave's already provided some education um, at our fall meeting recently um, to help guys and gals, I shouldn't say guys, superintendents understand the importance of the first green program. Um, so here's the tough question. Jim, as a member on the outside looking in, how do you feel Dave's done so far as a field staff representative for GCSAA? I think Dave's done fantastic. Um, now that being said, I've kind of not been really aware of what Dave's been doing, but from my perspective, it's been been great. I think it's exciting that we have a Carolina's person in the role. That's huge. I like that. You know, we have Mr. Chris Neff speaking here at our event today. He's recently with started as a, with the USGA Green Section, another one of our own, and um, that's important to me as a member that we have our our people in these positions, Tim and. Um, you know, in my new role um, at Ori Georgetown Technical College, I'm planning on leaning on Dave some and bringing him in. And I'm really big on, as you know, Tim, um, being involved with the, all the associations, national, regional, local. And that's something I spent quite probably more time than I should have in class. But to me, it's an important part of, of taking this career path is taking advantage of, of everything that every association offers. I agree. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a good point. And we in the Carolinas feel like we do a good job for our members with the services that we provide and, and sometimes may get in our own way of, of not promoting the greater good of some of the other things that the GCSAA could help them with as well. Yeah, um, and, and uh, you know, just looking at your background, Dave, you know, yes. you've been a superintendent in the Midwest and here locally in the Carolinas, and you've been on the um, vendor side a couple times. So you have a pretty wide breadth of experience in our industry, which I think is, is good. Well, thank you. How, yeah. how is that, how is being in sales and being in a superintendent role, um, how has that helped you in this new role? Uh, can, I, I'll go back to communication and just speaking, you know, yeah, do I still get nervous when I stand up in front of a group and to speak, whether it's the assistants or superintendents, uh, any, anybody, uh, board of directors for the chapter still get a little nervous so I got to get better at that to overcome you know because I'm talking to my peers and that's what I think is so great about the opportunity that this position even though we do not really deal with agronomics but it's always an icebreaker to where I do have that education and that background and knowledge whether it's from the sales side of my experience working for John Deere Landscapes and Green Resource and to being a superintendent for over 20 sub plus years uh, to have that icebreaker when I speak with a golf course superintendents or the assistants, equipment managers, et cetera, to break the ice, to get down to what I'm really there to do, to provide the resources that I feel that they are looking for. And they ask questions and the most important, uh, listen. You know, I feel that's one of my main jobs is just to listen and then being the liaison, taking their message back so whether it's the chapters, chapter execs or something, or the board of directors within each chapter all the way up to the national. So they hear what the members are, are wanting, uh, how we can help them. So is field staff's role in 2024 to increase rounds for research by 39%? 
I don't know where I came up with that number, but it just sounded good. I think uh, <laughs> it would be good to increase it by 39% in some of my chapters. Uh, I think the Carolinas would be outstanding if we could Ooh, jack it up number. to maybe 40, 45%. Uh, that'd be uh, all right. That'd get us back to where I think we should have always been, but that's just a whole nother conversation. No, I'm, I'm glad to have you engaged with us. Um, and Jim touched on it a little bit, but so um, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Nebraska. Born and raised, uh, still a, unfortunately a Husker fan. But when I was living there, we were, we were strong and, and yeah. good. And why, have, why, why are Nebraska fans so delusional nowadays? Uh, because we live in the past. Where'd Tom go? What was his name? Tom Osborne. Yeah. Yeah, he was Man. a great – he became congressman. And then, I mean, he's still involved with the uh, athletic department up there, I believe. So they yeah. named the football field after him, et cetera, like that. But, you know, there's, there's great hope. But – You'll like this one, Tim, since you're a Clemson fan. I was never so proud to see Clemson win their second national championship. So when I'd go to the upstate or we'd go down to Don Garrett's uh, facility and get a tour of their indoor practice, and I'd look up and see that one damn banner of the national championship against Nebraska of William the Refrigerator Perry. And you'll like this because here we are in Nebraska and we're playing Clemson in the national championship, and we're all like, where in the hell is Clemson at? Never even heard of it. So, <laughs> yes, you, sir. You and Randy Long, and then going to visit with Randy at Thornblade, and then seeing that Coca Cola bottle up there with the national championship. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah. So, no doubt, no doubt. It's a good run. So, okay. So, where'd you go to school then? I went to school at University of Nebraska. Studied, you did? Yes. Studied under Dr. Sherman. Did you study turf? Turf. Well, it was horticulture. We didn't have it. It was actual, row crop then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Did Did you grow up on, on a farm, Dave, or did you live in town? Or I'm assuming you lived in a small town, right? Because outside of Lincoln and Omaha, everything in Nebraska is a small town. It's a small town. And the, I have to remind you that when Nebraska plays football at home, it's still considered the third largest city in the state of Nebraska. Even though this past season, by the way, we play volleyball now, not football. Ah. We packed the, the – Memorial Stadium with over 92,000. I remember just, seeing that. Just to watch the volleyball team. Yeah. So, that was cool. I do yep. remember seeing that. That was crazy. No, but I, a small town, Syracuse, Nebraska. I grew up actually on a nine-hole golf course. So what was interesting, the county judge lived was our neighbor, and he enjoyed golf, and the only golf course was in Nebraska City, which was the, the county seat. So he turned in turned his 60-acre farm into a golf course that had terraces and non-irrigation and little small bent grass greens etc so um i was actually started working i actually shagged his golf balls for him originally and then about eighth grade i wanted to work on the golf course because my brothers all worked on golf the golf course as they were going through high school and i was the uh i installed the first automatic irrigation system on that golf course wow a buckner system using our neighbors who was in the uh tiling business with this little Vermeer tractor and pulling in one inch poly pipe from the pump house all the way out to the tees and to the greens and using the torch to put a saddle on that pipe and burn it and then put the uh, cast iron Buckner head into the ground. So this was when 1923, (laughs) Uh, not, not quite that. I'm not that old, Tim. (laughs) Sorry. Our previous guest did tell his birth date, which was rather shocking. I wasn't ready for that. Dave doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do that. He's got, he's got four letters after his name. That means he's been around for a while. So, yeah. How, how long have you been certified, Dave? 
I'm going on my 26th year. So did you get that when you were at Lawrence Country Club? Or? I, I did. So okay. I, when I was a superintendent at Lawrence Country Club, it, the uh, requirements had changed. But back then, I think it was a five-year requirement as a golf course superintendent achieved that. And I actually went and took the test. Back then, it was still open book, too. So Penny Mitchell was the uh, director of the CGCS program. And so I went over to her office. And at that time, it was five sections and, you know, studied um, – all 40 hours basically in preparation and in addition up through the entire year uh, for that test. And I can proud to say that I passed all five sections in my first go around. So you don't ever have to be retested? As long as I continue to maintain my CEUs. Uh, Which is over a five-year period, right? Correct. Five-year cycles for all the CGCS Certified golf course superintendent. So growing up next to that nine-hole golf course, which if you're from the Midwest, you understand that there's nine-hole golf courses every more more so than 18-hole in a lot of ways. Yes. Did y'all cover if you had sand, oil, greens? We did not. We're no, but the, we did have sand greens at Grandpa Woods, so I've, okay. I've played a sand green yep. golf course. I have, I have too. Yep. it's That's a unique thing that three is. people can say in this day and age. It is. It is. We're not millennials by any means. So is that saying that? Is that kind of where you got your interest in the game and interest in, in moving on? It is because you mentioned, uh, like, I, from a agricultural rule, uh, my uncles were farmers. My dad was a farmer until he moved into the uh, big metropolitan area of Syracuse. But my high, all my high school buddies were farmers. They got out of school an hour and a half early just to go back to the farm and work. And I decided at a young age that I wanted a paycheck at least bi-monthly or at least monthly versus annually. And I got very involved. So the, the golf course superintendent at the time was also the head mechanic for the Chevrolet dealership. And he also became president of the Nebraska chapter. And he would drag me along to the meetings when I was in high school and just enjoyed it, enjoyed the camaraderie that I developed meeting other, other superintendents. I like working outside, looking, working with my hands, uh, I am now the dermatologist's favorite ideal candidate from growing up in those days where we didn't know uh, anything about sunscreen. So please wear your sunscreen. Well said. Because I go dermatologist twice a year, but I love working outside. And that's what, and I love the game of golf. I played in high school. Wasn't very good back then. It was how far you could hit it. Didn't care what direction it went to. And the greens on those nine hole golf courses were no bigger than your dining room table. So it was impossible to hit the dang green. So, <laughs> yep. and nine holes. And, and yet to this day, I still love playing nine holes of golf because I just, unfortunately, as my career progressed, the less rounds of golf I played. So my body is not muscles and all that is used for 18 holes of golf. My muscles aren't there, which I'm now with hopefully uh, trying to get, better but you know coming off the holidays but you know it's all right it's a work in progress for all of us do you still have family members that um are in agriculture i'm thinking no i don't okay because now out in the midwest it's all basically corporate farmers everybody's sold out family farms because no one ever wanted to pursue uh taking over the family farm went to college or a trade and uh, it just declined. Now, I do have a good buddy, a high school buddy, that works for another friend of mine who is a corporate farmer and does that yet. And so when I take the family back out there, we always go out to his house and to um, the corporate farm, and they just 
in awe about the equipment and the size of the equipment. It's ridiculous when you get into so some of those operations. The economies of scales that they use is just it's beyond comprehension. It is. It's it's like if you're not maintaining or growing on five thousand acres or more, you're not going to make it. Yeah. I mean, our equipment for turf grass uh, maintaining a golf course is expensive, but on the ag side, whole whole new level. Oh, you got extra zeros. You got to start throwing in on those. <laughs> yes, and that's a lot of corn, beans, sweet potatoes. It doesn't matter what. So, yes. so how did you get from Lawrence? Charlotte so actually when I graduated I'm going to start even earlier when I graduated uh, Nebraska I graduated on a Saturday and drove to Nashville Tennessee on Sunday and started work at Richland Country Club as an assistant in by Tuesday and then I was there for three years I thought I knew it all and was ready for a superintendent gig so um, moved back got my first superintendent back at Lawrence Country Club so uh, moved my wife, uh, second time she'd ever been west of the Mississippi. Uh, she's originally from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and was there uh, for six years at Lawrence Country, Lawrence Country Club there in Lawrence. And then uh, at the time when I was at uh, Nashville at Richland Country Club, John Scott, who was a senior agronomist for Nicholas Group, and that was a Nicholas course, he became director of agronomy for the PGA tour. And I always kept in touch with them. And, and it was always my goal to be a golf course superintendent. When I moved away from Nebraska for all my buddies back there to see my uh, golf course on television. Nice. So I kept in touch with John and eventually, you know, I was starting to get antsy after about my fifth year at Lawrence country club. It was a great facility and enjoyed did a renovation there. Uh, but kept in touch with John, and then all of a sudden I get a call about the uh, going in my sixth year that Cal Roth is coming out because at the time I think the tour was looking at Colbert Hills out there in Manhattan, whether they were going to manage it or whatever, or at least that was the excuse he gave me, that he stopped by to do an on-site interview. So that's after that he we toured, but it was like Cal being from Jacksonville, Florida, it was like about, 28 degrees the wind's blowing 40 miles an hour and we, i think we got through four holes and he said i've seen enough let's go back to your office so then i showed him everything that i've done and all my maintenance plans safety plans etc like that and then got the interview for uh tbc piper Glen. came down for it and the rest is history and started there in february 1998 wow so did you host an event there i did they got to see on tv oh yeah they did so I, we hosted the Home Depot Arnold Palmer Invitational, and it was the actually second longest running event on tour. Uh, it came over from the Payne Weber, and it came to uh, Piper Glen in 1998. But Hur Hurricane Hugo, like, wiped it out the first year that it was supposed to come over, so it had a one-year hiatus. So I did it from, uh, well, actually – I'll back up. I was there in 98 to 2001, hosted four of them. And now that time, Jim Dent was a three-time winning champ. His, he won twice at Quail and then once at Piper while I was there. And then the next three years was uh, Bruce Fleischer. So that was a pretty cool story. Do you have one of Jim's straw hats? Uh, no, I didn't. But he always had his collar up even oh, yeah. when he played. So. A lot of those old uh, tour guys that were now on the senior tour are so friendly and so nice. And from Lee Trevino, Mr. Palmer, I can't give enough respect for him. 
uh, that's probably the one event that I know uh, Mr. Nicholas wouldn't, Jack wouldn't come play because that was Arnie's event. Arnie had his own golf cart, and that was, was so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So then you were there until you left for sales? I, yeah, because then at the 2007, the TPCs, basically uh, Pete Davidson, who was the, uh, ran the TPC unit, stepped down and retired and they the new ceo came in david pillsbury and we were out and i think anaheim at the time was he a doughboy sorry uh, i think he came over from nike actually at that time and now i think he's with club corp so he basically said if you didn't ho if your facility didn't host a tour event which then 2001 was our last one uh event at piper and basically we will be looking at selling you so it was a five course deal with piper uh, tpc michigan prestancia sarasota and eagle trace and we were sold then to heritage golf group in 2008 so i stayed with uh heritage golf group through january 2010 and at that time i decided to um go venture into the dark side as superintendents like to refer to into the sales where all great superintendents go to uh, after their career, it seems. <laughs> so where was your first run in sales? So it was with John Deere Landscapes, and then I had the territory of Charlotte, uh, the upstate, South Carolina, Greenville, and then also I've been all through North Carolina. I had Raleigh, Greensboro, Pinehurst, and then ended back down into the Charlotte. And then John Deere Landscapes decided to close all their golf sales reps throughout the country including their old store on wheels that used to come through, which, by the way, there's only, I believe, at this still two in the country. One's out of Raleigh and the other one's down in Naples. But um, so they decided it was still John Deere Landscapes. John, corporate John Deere owned them, but it didn't fit their portfolio. So then they sold it off and uh, they, because John Deere Landscapes was Lesko, went John Deere Landscapes, let me back up on the history sold it and dissolved all the golf sales rep. And then I, there I was without a job. It was middle of winter, like November into December. And then I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what Robert Herring's doing. So I knew, uh, counterpart Mike Vaughn was with green resource. He was also my let go salesman to John Deere landscape salesman. So I just reached out and Mike's uh, the big guy, right? He's the big guy. He's the one who tried to drown me at the damn whitewater rafting center. That's probably hit big Mike. Okay. okay. So they created the position, for my sales territory with Green Resource, stayed with them uh, from 2014 to 19. I decided I wanted to go back and become a golf course superintendent. I uh, went back to Piper for almost one year. Uh, Steffi Safrit, who is currently still at uh, Piper Glen, he was promoted to regional vice, regional director of agronomy for Club Corp. And we kind of laugh about it today, and, and we always joke that if uh, anybody ever thinks about doing this again, being in sales and wants to go back, especially when they get full of gray hair like I am now, <laughs> we'll really tell them that they better think twice about that. So it was fun. I enjoyed it, but then went back to sales and uh, back to Green Resource, fortunately. And in the meantime, uh, Green Resource was acquired by Site One. So then I'm thinking, okay, was everything good at that time? And yes, it was. So I could, yeah, felt good then. And 
enjoyed being on the sales side, got to work with all the superintendents, cool, warm season throughout the Carolinas. And then opportunity came open with GCSA with Ron Wright, who had the position with field staff rep for the Southeast retired. And I remember it was at the last year's USGA Carolinas event down in Clemson. Mm -hmm. Asked you, Tim, about this opportunity, if you thought I'd be a good fit and worth my while. And, you know, the rest is history. And so glad that I had that opportunity. And here I am today. That's actually the first time Dave and I ever met was at that Clemson event. Oh, yeah? Yes. So y'all are good boys now. Well, yeah, but we we <laughs> never met. We never in, met before. You're almost that. a year into this relationship. Almost. Yep. Yeah. Oh, all good things, Jim. <laughs> and now you'll be coming to the beach, working for Jimmy for a day. Yep. I can't wait. I'm as excited. we all do. You've been you've been there, Tim. Huh? I'd go anytime. Anytime that these youngsters want to hear me ramble about whatever, I'm more than happy to impart some of the wisdom and the mistakes that I've made with them along the way exactly and that's what's exciting for that opportunity to come talk to you because i mean you know we're only good as our weakest link or our future and like today here at the winter meeting with the assistants down here i mean what a great opportunity and even to be able to speak with the uh students whether it's at or georgetown nc state clemson wherever i love talking to young individuals looking at golf course superintendent as a career because to me there's this is the greatest career in the world being a golf course superintendent and we should end on that note but we can't because it's like what i'm seeing is the students aren't getting any younger that are coming to turf school is that a fair statement second career choices there's some of that about former military it just yeah. seems like there's a lot of difference in like i I guess when I go into a college class at Clemson and I speak, I, I, I get the stereotype, the the exception of one or two that have made that change. But when I go and I speak at a turf school, it seems like it's a completely different genre of people and age. I mean, I'll say that it was that way when I was in school 25 years ago. Um, I think the, you know, two-year programs, the um, certificate programs are going to have more second career and older type people in them. Um, but – you know, there's we have quite a few, um, you know, traditional students as well. It's a mixture, so um, keeps it exciting, though. Yes, it does. Yep. But uh, no, we're looking forward to having you come down, Dave, um, for sure. I appreciate the opportunity and excited to have it. So you're going to get a yearly slot. Well, thank you. So, what's your annual travel? What's your expectations this year? How much time are you going to have to spend on the road? Have you figured it out yet? Are you going to be over a hundred nights? You think? Uh, probably, but I haven't like looked at it. The good thing is my wife and I were empty nesters. So this is an opportunity which I don't mind being on the road. So to me, you like traveling. Yeah, I do. I like the driving down the highway or just engaging with our members. That's what I enjoy. Does your wife travel with you some for these things so she can see different places? No, unfortunately she has to travel on her ah. career path too. So she, when she's home, she wants to stay home and vice versa. So. All right, so give a plug to GCSAA and anything you think is important that our listeners need to know. You know, I think uh, one thing you should just always remember the GCSA mission, and I take it very seriously, uh, whether it's the mission for – it is the mission for GCSA, but for all uh, golf course superintendents and at their chapters, you know, GCSA's mission is dedicated to servicing their, servicing their members – developing and advancing their profession and enhancing the enjoyment of the game of golf through the vitality and growth 
So I think that's important. And no, folks, that wasn't edited. That was a first take. He's he got just that down. laid that straight out, and I'm so impressed. Jim is a <laughs> former board member of the Carolinas. Can you quote the Carolinas mission statement? I absolutely cannot. Yep, I read it to them every year, so I don't misquote it when we have orientation. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just everything you do has to drive back to your mission. So to hear you say that about GCSA, it's phenomenal, and I'm excited about a positive working relationship with you know, trying to be that benchmark chapter so that we can do pilot programs and, you know, experience failures if things aren't going to work. I'd rather you guys fail on a small scale here with the Carolinas or succeed, I dare say, um, than have to do it somewhere else, you know. So um, I think it's a great go team opportunity here, and I'm excited. I've gotten to know Dave a lot better over the last couple of years, even prior to this, um, through our relationship with Green Resources and them being a sponsor of all things assistance in the Carolinas for the last 15 years. So, Jimmy, are you going to hit him with it, or you want me to? You, you, you need to do it. What's the first piece of equipment you ever bought as a golf course superintendent? If y'all could see this stare, it's like a cartoon. Character. I'm trying to think if it was a top dresser, a pull behind top dresser. Do you it, still have that in the garage? Could I borrow that? No, man. Okay. I, I had when I was at Syracuse Nine Hole Golf Course. There's this Toro Triplex. So, one quick story. So, my buddy. We always had little. I had a Suzuki ninety, and he had like a Yammer Hammer hundred or whatever. So we always rode dirt bikes out in the country, jumping terraces, and never got ran through a barbed wire fence. So we were pretty damn lucky. So he'd always come in when I was working because I was he didn't have to work. And uh, going down at the time would have been the ninth fairway. I was mowing tees, and he caught up with me. So we're out there, and all of a sudden we're gonna wrestle. So I let the little uh, Toro triplex keep on trucking. All of a sudden, he looks up, and he goes, David, the damn thing's going to go in the water. And then we had to run to save the mower, and it didn't hit the water. It was right on the edge. But, man, I, I still see that in my mind every day. So, All right, first car you ever drove? Ooh. That I drove would have been delivering papers, and our Chevrolet, I forget what year, would have been a 70 or whatever, blue with a white top. Malibu. Nice. First one you ever owned. A 19, because my buddy still, who works on the farm, still has the sister core. And I think it's a 73 Dodge Charger. Still has it. He still has it. He had bucket seats and I had a bench seat. Man. You could put a case of beer in that grill. Man. Not that he knows. (laughs) Not that he knows. All right. Did we leave anything off about your role with GCSA or anything else you want to cover today as as our new guy on the team here? Well, I'm very excited uh, going forward to working with the Carolinas and all my chapters and all the members, and I'm here to help you uh, any way I can to assist in whatever you need. You know, it's like, as you know, being golf course superintendents, you know, tomorrow is a different day. Sun will come up. Uh, If you think you know it all, you're wrong because the challenges that we face specifically in today's age – just an ally. I'm here to help. Go team. Jimmy, you got anything else for Dave before we wrap up? No, I'm just excited about Dave's tenure. I think it's going to be great for everyone in the Southeast, but especially us here. And he says he doesn't give agronomic advice, but I bet you can pull it out of him, Tim. Well, that's why we have these great network meetings. So if you need to talk to him about something, you're more than welcome to, just like any of the other superintendents around. Perfect. But I just want to end on this curious note. Is this button supposed to be green or red when we're recording? I feel like we haven't recorded this at all today. 
And with that, you should see the look on their faces, folks. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you.